Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. This week we have Tom Barnett. We are bookending the first season of the BioCharisma Podcast with Tom. Uh, we started with Tom, we're going to finish with Tom. Uh, I was had a great conversation with Tom about polarity therapy and it's better to say polarities of the male and female dynamic. So if you ever wanted to know how energy moves between the the male and the female, the at least the heterosexual male and female, uh, this will definitely be the podcast for you. Uh, please, you can check his. This is sort of like a swap cast. He, he released it on his particular uh, framework, which is TomBarnettTV.com. And of course, we have it here also. So this will be the last episode of this particular season. Next season, we are coming with uh, a new energy and some really good guests. But I'll definitely have Tom back on because uh, we've been diving into my side of things and now I'm going to dive into his side of things. So really look forward to that. So enjoy the podcast and I'll see you on the flip side. All right, joined again by Topher Gardner. Thanks for coming back. And I wanted to talk to you about the whole man-woman thing, masculine, feminine. We've spoken uh, a fair bit about some of the principles and Mm -hmm. in various contexts, you know, as far as how the realm works or uh, how magnetism works. So I wanted to get into a bit of that because it seems to be one of the bigger topics at the moment for whatever reason. So I guess first up, what's your uh, understanding of the differences between masculine and feminine in the dynamic and how that works in relation to electromagnetism. And then from there, we'll go into man, woman and all that. Oh, it's so, it's so wonderful. So the easiest way to look at it is a heterosexual male body is the positive polarity. Positive polarity just means the energy is flowing out. It's going out and the female body, the, the female sex, when it's heterosexual, the energy is flowing in. So there's this beautiful way that we were created where there is the yin yang. There is exactly the yin yang where even though you're male, like as a male polarity, always having this energy flowing out, there's a a small aspect of us that internalize the feminine polarity, just like in the yin yang symbol. And it's the same way for the feminine. She could totally be receiving from her environment, but still have a little aspect of herself that, that positively polarizes. So from a, from a human body perspective, it's all about direction of energy. And we've all seen it for as, as good looking as a man is the energy that he receives from the female polarity pales in comparison to what a beautiful heterosexual woman receives, receiving energy from the, the male polarity in her environment. You know, and it's it's really amazing because the gays kind of throw all that off because the polarity within them inverts because of self. I've gotten in trouble saying this in the past, but it's what I felt in massage is usually when somebody is is it has some sort of trauma and is polarized homosexual, the energy never gets up to the heart chakra. And so because the energy doesn't make it to the heart, the heart is actually where 
whether you're male or female, this is the implosive energy. This is where nature collapses into us and is constantly giving us enough energy for locomotion for everything. And so the, 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 I should say the, the polarization that occurs normally is male wants to enter female. The positive wants to enter the negative. And that's the easiest way I can liken it. Right, what's when a you feel butthole, Len? <laughs> I don't, I don't, even if you're gay, I don't get why, like what, you know what I mean? Well, it's a, it, it is a black hole. It is, it is like, um, I don't know. I think for, for those of us that have been sufficiently sexed in our lifetimes, you get to a level of having enough partners and having enough interaction where you understand that sexuality is a tension. And it's just like the way storms work. Everything is a pressure mediation. And so as a man, when I see a very beautiful woman, there's instantly a tension that is created. And especially before I was monogamous, they would be like, okay, this is a target rich environment. There would be a polarization because you see the beauty. And if you're really, really like sensitive to it, the beauty creates a fear. There's a slight fear that happens and that fear, there's a tension that is created in that. And for my particular being, the fear was, can I please that? Like there was a fear of not being able to give that beauty what it deserves. <laughs> oh, super so, common. Yeah. Yeah. Very common. Right. And so that would that that would create even more of a positive po polarization in my body that would either be able to go and interact with the with the negative polarity or not and so this is really i mean this is the game this is what really polarity therapy and massage teaches is where you're like i'm so let me go back a little bit so there's gradients to everything. So you can have a hyper, hyper male body, like, and they, they, they're heterosexual, but within their dosha, within the constitution of their body, they might be ruled by air. They might be ruled by water. And if they're ruled by those type of elemental systems, like if their constitution of their physiology is ruled by that, their expression with the female is going to be much lighter than say somebody that is ruled by earth or ruled by fire. And so it's, it's just this incredible dynamic system that you can watch happen, especially if you get to touch people. I mean, I've been paid to touch people for 24 years now and sounds I did it before. Pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> well, I like to say it that way. Cause I want all the people that are triggered to kind of leave like mm. it, 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 at the end of the day. And I say this to all my clients, we're, we're all a baby. We all need to be touched all the time. Let's be real. Even if touch isn't your love language, like, people really start to age very rapidly when the less touch they receive. And I've seen people that are chronologically old, but biologically young because they're always being touched. 
whether they're playing with their grandkids or great grandkids, or they have a, they have a partner where they massage each other, or they're always interacting. The more the body is engaged, especially through, through living touch, the mm. younger the body is. It's just does that, that in- simple. Does that include animals like petting animals and stuff? It depends on the animal. <laughs> not all animals are givers. Yeah. You know, it's like not all animals are donors of, a, of, uh, I don't believe in particles per se, but, uh, for lack of a better word, let's say electrons, like not all animals are that most are, I think, especially most dogs are. Dogs, yeah. 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 Cause dogs have that positive polarity. Even when, my, you say, when you say we, we need to be touched, for example, does that say, for example, with food, when people have issues with diet, they've got a void inside and they're always craving sweet foods. What they're craving, they say they're craving sweetness, but sweetness doesn't necessarily need to be cookies and donuts. Like sweetness could be a sweet gesture, uh, playing with a child or a, or a puppy. And then that void that thought it needed a donut is actually satiated by the sweetness of the activity. So when you say we need to be touched, does it... Can that also mean that we're touched daily by the beauty of uh, the sun, the trees, the the beach? Or, the deepest uh, touch you can ever get is gratitude. Hmm. So you you can feel gratitude and you're being literally at that point that you're in gratitude. You and I have talked about what, this with the weather. You're in a loop current. But because most people don't understand that that currency of loop currents, I say for the majority that the, what they do understand is, Hey, a friend, you know, puts their hand on their shoulder or a wife rubs the neck or, you know, a kid like bear, bear hugs you. That is something that's concrete for most people, but for the more developed person, yes, every time you feel gratitude, there is a loop current between you and that, which you feel gratitude with and then there's this dynamic interchange that occurs then yes and so that can take the place of physical touch because i know that a lot there's certain people that are vampires for touch they just can't get enough of it and as soon as yes. you're touching them they're like i need more and they'll go try and get it from somewhere else and they never yeah. satiated that touch i don't think that they are um you know not aging so it's almost like if you receive the touch in its pure form you will also not age biologically like like you said but then you could receive touch all the time but never really allow it in or you're trying to get too much you're trying to take more than you're giving yeah those are outliers like so i like i said earlier there's gradients to all of this yeah and i'm tossing the outliers to the side (laughs) but yes there are energetic vampires that uh you know whether it's touch whether it's attention whatever it is they they will they will suck you dry. The whole thing about the succubus and the incubus is a real thing. Mm. And with the, yes. um, just going back to the, cause it's, it's really interesting the way you describe because you've had so much experience with uh, putting your hands on people and you're a very sensitive uh, individual. So you can pick up on energies very well. And as a holistic health practitioner, uh, I think we've had this discussion. I can't remember, but I did deal with people that were um, homosexual and, mm-hmm. In whatever way, maybe confused, whatever. Either way, once we worked through the trauma you just spoke of and we rectified diet, we got them moving right, we got them connecting to themselves and nature, they went back to the opposite sex uh, despite believing that they were gay. And part of it is, well, this, this, man, we could do a podcast on this itself, but I've also noticed that not so much in men, 
but in women there's often a lesbian body type and it's quite uh kind of pear-shaped if you know what i mean it's like sometimes endomorphic yes yeah yeah the bodies the body even if they look kind of relatively slim and whatever it's like there's a there's a looseness to the body uh it's not like a firm tightness like a I mean, just to say like a bikini model, for example, very few of them would be lesbians. The lesbians like the opposite. Even if they're slim, they've got a dumpiness to them. And I don't mean to be offensive in like the language I use, but it's just there's a there's a morphic type. And yeah. I've seen that change when women heal that uh, heal that within themselves and then prefer like they're like, no, I actually shit. I love men. <laughs> I've got this yeah. desire for a cock inside of me. And then it's like their body has morphed and changed and they've become like somewhat more uh don't know how to describe it but it's tangibly tighter in the body if that makes Mm -hmm. sense it totally makes sense yeah yes the ectomorphic body type is usually the the ectomezo as we used to say in anatomy and physiology that's like usually the most attractive body type for both men and women because the proportions like you still get the hourglass on a woman where the hips are wider than the shoulders and you'll find a lot of women that have been tra- traumatized very early in life, or maybe they're carrying a, a, a miasm from their family. They will do the opposite. Their body type, they'll be endomorphic. So the hips will still get really, the hips will get fat, but then the shoulders, even though they're thick, um, uh, I'm forgetting my words here there it's thick forward and backwards. They're still narrow. So they look like a pear. And the endomorphic body type is usually, um, that's reserved in nature for mothers, mothers that have just given birth because they're actually there. They, they need all that extra, uh, fat and everything like that to be able to feed the child. Mm -hmm. And do you think that the soul resides in the heart? Because you know how a lot of, a lot of, um, cultures that I've studied, they all say that the soul is in the like lower abdomen somewhere around the dan- lower dan chien, for example. Uh, that's why people say trust your gut and what have you. But then other people that I think are more tapped in that I've spoken to say spirit is 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 in the heart. And when you say the heart's blocked, like their energy doesn't move past the heart chakra. What's your it doesn't it doesn't come up to the heart. Or it doesn't make it that far. No. Is that no, why they're it- trapped in a lot of carnal? um yes pleasure and carnal like everything's like the people that i know that are um homosexuals they're like rampant it's like everything's about you know sex and desire and lust Mm -hmm. and and that spills over into other things like wanting more money and having like a nicer house and all the other stuff so uh yeah is that why it's looped down here it doesn't get yeah it's it's at least the way i feel it in the body it I mean, there's never a full truncation, like there's never like a complete block, yeah. but it's like the, it, the energy of like true appreciation just does, it doesn't emanate. Like you'll, you'll feel the above the solar plexus is kind of void and you know, it, it's, it, and it was like 95% of the time that was the case. Right. So for me, I think that, that there's a there's a direct link. I always saw it just anatomically between the neck and the hips. Like, you know, you talk the cranial sacral work, you're dealing with the occiput, the atlas, and then you're also dealing with the sacrum. So those are both ends of the, essentially your torso. 
So I always saw when people were locked up in the second chakra, which is essentially your hip, your hips, um, people would be locked in the throat and it was always one and one to one. So you know, with a lot of people that have had sexual trauma, their hips are a mess. <laughs> so I'd work on opening the hips and getting everything to release in that regard. And then the energy would come up into, into the, into the gut region. And then there would be intestinal stuff. But then with the, with the person that identified as, as homosexual, the energy would never get past that. It would never raise to the, to the level of the heart. Mm. Yeah, cool. Because it's it's just really interesting that whole uh, that whole topic. Because it's also you know how you say people don't like people get angry, they get a bit triggered when you start talking about that stuff. It's like even the word gay. Like I remember you saying when me, you, um, Patrick, and Owen were on, how you you were gravitated towards Owen initially because he was like a bit of a jock. Like he didn't he didn't just yeah. use. He wasn't overly polite. Um, he just used the same words that we've always used and were always like fine and. The interesting thing about the word, like people getting, and there's a reason I always use the word gay because I find it so expressive and descriptive and it's fun to use. And I refuse to let people allow that spell to continue is that the original meaning, at least the original agreed societal meaning is happy. Gay means like, I'm, a, I'm very happy. I'm, a, I'm like, a, I'm having a gay time. I'm having a great time. That's what it means. And the funny thing is that, is that, when people say, no, I'm gay and you can't use it because I'm homosexual, I'm like, every as well as having these energetic uh, disharmonizations that I've experienced, along with that, almost as nice as they can be, as fun as they can be to be around, every single one that I've known has had a nasty, vindictive streak, way more oh. than heterosexual people. D so, like, Dude, that's, that's what cured me from all that stuff. When you live abroad, dude... First of all, I grew up in South Florida, which is like the gay capital of the United States, like Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. I was around so many catty bitches. Like I was in the service industry and stuff like that. Half of the service industry is gay. And I watched these backstabbing guys. Like, so for me to call a gay guy gay, I will never, ever back down from that. Yeah. It's the same thing with like with all the black guys I used to play football with. They used to call me their nigger. Yeah. They used to be like, God, are you my nigger? God, are you my nigger? And so I'd be like, nigger, please. Like, like that. So my exposure has me to where like no white person or no critically offended person can come at me and act like I can't use those use those words yeah because it's it because is a I, i've been in those cultures i've actually been like totally in those cultures and around those cultures like i used to flip houses in this area called victoria park florida it was all owned by gay people so every single house i would go into go make a bid on the people would be like they thought i was coming in there to get laid and i'd have to like back down these gay real estate agents like no i'm actually really here to buy the house like and they'd be disappointed and they'd be like oh it's two hundred twenty thousand or whatever so dude people it it i really saw owen as a breath of fresh air in the sense that he was actually stating the truth within the cultures 
that you go into, they're so catty and vindictive, like you said. And also when you go abroad, dude, nobody's more racist to people than other, other non-white people. Mm. Like in Costa Rica, they hate Nicaraguans. Like if you're a Nicaraguan and you're in their country, you are a hard R, like not just a little R, a hard R. My stepmother was from Thailand. When the Thailand, when the Thai people talk about the Laotian people, oh my God, it's like, so nobody can fool me. Nobody can come to me and say, oh my God, so-and-so. It's just like, no, that's utter bullshit. Yeah, but that's that's the inversion, right? Because the, the people who call themselves gay are actually really tormented and not happy. That's why I don't, I don't like, I don't talk bad about people who are homosexual. I'm not, I don't have a go at them. I don't dislike them but you see it for what it is. They're, they're hurting. And so yes. you can't, to me, I'm like, no, you can't take a word that means happy and call yourself that because you're not that you're trying to use the inversion. So when I call right. something gay, it just basically means it's a bit shit or inverted. It doesn't mean homosexual people aren't good people, but there is an inversion in there and you can't go telling people that you can't say the word gay to describe things because it's a perfect descriptive word and it's up to people like us, guys that are strong in their masculine, to not allow people to continue to run rampant with spells and not break them. It's up to us to actually stand in front of that and go, no, that's gay. Mm -hmm. And the most funny thing is within those communities, they don't mind it. It's, mm. always, it's always the white people that are outside of that community <laughs> that want to <laughs> act offended. But yeah. within that community, like I remember, you'll laugh at this, so... Like I was living here like five years and I went to a Super Bowl party and I was still like, I still knew a couple of the guys on the field, you know? So we were watching, we were watching the Cardinals play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. And one of the guys was like from my hometown. And I knew him, San Antonio Holmes. And so he was doing really well in the game. And I was like, I'm like, nigga, run, you got, you got this, you got this. And all the white liberal people from Denver, Colorado were like looking at me aghast. And I'm like, dude, I'm from the bottom, yo. Like, this is like my nigga from, from Opalaka. Like, this is like the shit. And they were all acting offended. And I was like, your offense is so remarkably stupid. It's obvious. Like you've never hung out with black athletes. Yeah. Like the only reason why you're offended is because you've been taught to be offended. Cause if you hang out with black, in fact, in that whole thing, the only two words that were endearing to between real athletes, whether you're black or white was you either said, Oh man, he's a player or man, he's my nigger. Those were the only two real compliments within the world of American football. If you weren't called a player or a nigger, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't a player. Like you weren't somebody to be tri like you were your shit. You weren't, you weren't anything. Yeah. And so yeah. I was just, I just had so much fun with all these white people from these very liberal areas because I'm like, it's obvious you haven't, you haven't hung with these people. Totally. So these types of, uh, what do you call them? Uh, we'll just call them spells is a broad term. Is that masculine, feminine? What's out? What's out in this dynamic? Because the extension to that question I have for you is this realm, when it's, while it's meant to be a balance, obviously, 
uh, heaven, earth, whatever. What is the element that's out of balance in masculine, feminine in the earth realm itself or the cosmology and relation? And then like these spells, what are these an expression of? Because I think the spells are an expression of a complete lack of true masculinity. That if masculinity was properly in place and in balance, it'll balance the feminine and people won't be uh, fake offended by all, even if they believe they actually are offended by things that actually have no real bearing or meaning and are actually inversions. So I just, I, I see it as that, but I'm, that's the spell part. But I'm wondering if you see that, but also what you see is going on on like a grand scale with the cosmology, the earth herself, everything else. Like where's this, what's the, what's the imbalance? What's the inversion there? Well, the main imbalance is the fact that we're using the wrong type of electricity. So I noticed in cities before I was ever trained in polarity therapy, there was an inversion in the polarity. And in cities, you have all these massive trunk lines of electricity running underneath people. So it's very hard to have the ground current there. So people are much more up and ruled in the air realm. They're much more vata. So they're actually much more susceptible to conditioning, which is part of the 11th house. I think on the cosmological scale, we're in the 11th house of Pisces. So people talk about our ages and everything like that. We're, we're actually in the 11th house. We're in the 11th hour of Pisces. And that's all about community. So the 11th house in astrology is always telling, it, it essentially shows you where the community affects you. And so I think our controllers at this moment are using the double, the double whammy, the it's a, it's a concrescence. They know the timing, the true timing of this realm. We're in the 11th, the 11th hour of the Piscean age. So we're already going to be too susceptible to suggestion. And at the same time, we're in the technological aspect of, of this. In the 11th, the 11th hour is ruled by Aquarius. And Aquarius is all about technology. And the current iteration of technology is all about using electrical doodads. And so that further reinforces the, the polarity, the, 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 um, it's, it's an inversing or it's an inversing of whatever your natural polarity is. So if you're in a highly, highly electrified state with no ground, your polarity inverses. And I think that's all that's really going on. It's a very, very, you know, the people at the top, the people that, you know, socially program from, from the upper echelon, they know the timing of things. Yeah. And so they knew like, we're going to be in the 11th house for, you know, 400 something years, the industrial revolution kicks off. Ooh, electricity. Ooh. And you know, now we're, you know, 150 years into the, ele the electricity model. And I, I still don't think humans have adapted to it well enough yet. Especially because it's, it's a, it's a dirty kind, like electricity yes. should in its natural state be very healing, but the kind we use is very destructive. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I think it is really. And like you said, you've worked on people that have had the trauma and you've released the trauma. And they go back to the the natural polarity. Yeah. I wonder though, so basically 
if we weren't in the 11th house, because I don't know what you're talking about with all the astrology stuff, but if, <laughs> if, if we were in, say, the 7th house, right, in the same space and time with the same amount of electricity, would people be less susceptible to persuasion or, um, you know, spells? No, no, because 7th house is ruled by long-term relationships. Okay, well, I'm getting, I don't know. Okay, just one that's not the, <laughs> the 11th. So basically what I'm saying is, I'm asking the question, you're saying in the last however long in this period that we're in this 11th house, right, people are more susceptible to, because I always wondered, I was like, has it always been the same? Well, no, from what it's you never said, always the same. So it's there's times ever. when people aren't as susceptible to mind control, right? That's pretty much yes. what you said. We're in a very susceptible time right now. In fact, if, when we were in the 10th house, let's backtrack 200 something years. Yeah people were much more into staking their claim because ah. the 10th house is all about my, my career, my claim on this realm. And that lasted 400 years. So if you look at from, let's just say 12 or like, I don't know the exact dates. Let's just say from 1300 to 1700, we were in the 10th house of Pisces. That was all about, this is my land, manifest destiny. I'm going there. It's mine. I'm taking it. And then the industrial revolution kicked off right as we were entering the 11th house. And the 11th house is communal. It's, it's ruled by Aquarius. So it's all about technology, communication. That's why things have moved from more concrete, like real industry into communication. Like people make their money through you know, purveying thoughts more so now than actually making something that's in matter in, in materium. That's a complete, that's exactly what you would expect with the transcendence of going from the 10th house into from early 11th into the later 11th. Right. Cool. So that might explain as well, the um, ornate structures that were around that were built a few hundred years ago, right? Like that's, yes. if, if you really feel that about staking a claim and this is a manifestation of like, this is me, this is my, that would explain a lot of that. So then what's the next one and how long until that, that comes around? What's I think that? we have another 400 and something years in Pisces. Oh, four, four, four to 500 years in Pisces. I, I always forget. I have to look, I have to crack out my Stellarium and see, cause you have to kind of like see it. Right. Um, so as we get to the latter stages of the 11th house, unfortunately the feminine polarity is still going to be really ruled by um, what the consensus opinion is. That, that's the problem with the negative polarity. Uh, it's not necessarily a problem. It's just what's so. When you're the negative polarity where you're always pulling in all the information or pulling in the energy, consensus, consensus has a lot more effect on you. When you're the positive polarity, you can resist consensus because you could be like, fuck you, I'm my own person. But the no man, no heterosexual man can actually really understand what it's like to be receiving all that energy and all that input. So unless the feminine polarity gives authority to the man in her local space, um, you'll, con you'll continue to see a degradation of the woman. Well, this is, as 
This is a perfect uh, segue into what I was going to ask next because this is what I've been talking to people about here uh, is what is what makes a man or what makes a woman? Not that, you know, what is a woman? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> but getting into like this, like what does it mean? Like why? Because we've been talking here about um, the roles of the man and the roles of the woman, for example. And what you just said was pretty much what I've been getting at here insofar as she needs to be able to, women need to get behind men and work through men. As yes. opposed to like, we're all our own thing and we're all, because I just don't see, when I said before about the the problem is that if the masculine's fragmented and it's not held, the, the feminine just can't deal with shit. The women can't deal with stuff. No. It's pretty much what you just said. So I, if you could just share your thoughts on uh, the aspects, not so much of masculine feminine, but on man, woman, what's a man's role? What's a woman's role? How do we, how are we meant to interrelate outside of the fuckery of this, uh, you know, what's put out there to fragment everybody. So man, so if you're to look at a circle with a dot in the middle, right. And that's been used in ad infinitum with every, you know, old civilization. If you're to take that and turn it. So all you saw was a line. The man is the horizon. The man's heart shoots out to the horizon. He is there to always be aware of what the horizon is. You asked earlier about the heart. The heart originates on, on the right side, the spiritual heart. Um, one of my spiritual teachers, he's like, the fool's heart is on the left and the wise man's heart is on the right. And so, and what he was talking about is actually the shishumna, the, the tether that connects us to our creator that silver cord, it actually loops down through the body. It goes up the spine and then loops down and terminates in the right side of the chest. And it, I, I can always feel it as the sense of I, and that I, I gain that knowledge through six years of meditating on I am like, what is I am? So but there's a, there's a paradox in it because when you actually are in the heart as a man, you're at the horizon. You're literally at the horizon. And you and I have talked about the weather, so this becomes fun. The horizon isn't thousands and thousands of miles away, y'all. So we'll just leave it at that. So the horizon energy, bam, that's male. That's peak male energy, horizon. So the symbol of the circle with the dot in the middle and you turn it, the woman is the point in the middle that you don't see because the line is the horizon, but the female is actually the center of why the male energy is looking at the horizon. It's not just to find the female, but it's also once he has female, he's there to provide and protect. And literally, when I met my wife, she was, she was subjected to tons of metrosexual men in her young life. And she was a super attractive, like bikini model and all this stuff. And she's like, there's no good men out there. I'm like, oh, contraire. Every single man in my peer group is a great man and every real man wants to provide and protect for their for their woman like every single one in fact there isn't a man that i know that does that loves their woman 
that doesn't derive the most, uh, I guess you would say, energy from when he actually gives the woman what she needs and wants. Like all of my male friends, all my peers, like we enjoy our shit. Like I like cars and I like all sorts of stuff. But when I'm happy in it, happiest is when I see my woman and now my little girl get what they want and need. And when they hit a level of satisfaction that there's a wellspring of energy in me now, and now I can go and crush. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way I see the way the role of the male and the female is because the female energy is the unseen. It's the perfect muse. And I've sent, I, I, I recommend this movie to all my female clients that are trying to find their inner feminine energy is I'm like, go watch the movie, The Muse with Sharon Stone. I know Sharon Stone is like, you know, kind of, kind of washed up now, but in this movie, The Muse, she plays the perfect feminine archetype because she, she's the muse. She's there to receive gifts. And once she receives the gifts that she wants, then she gives inspiration. And so she's not the positive polarity of all the Marvel movies where the women are trying to pretend to be men and kicking ass and doing all this stuff. She's literally the feminine polarity. She is that center that you don't see that men fall all over themselves to give gifts to yeah. so that she may inspire them to action. Yeah, cool. I just looked it up. The news. I thought you were saying the news, like, welcome to the nightly news. And this is... Fucking <laughs> yeah, the muse, yeah. Because every man needs that. Every man who's in his, uh, yeah, like I have that in just friends, and yes. uh, it's it's a uh, it's a big thing. Because I made a joke about when I was, I've got this um, men's group going now. It's not like men's group where we sit around talking about women and that. It's, it's like uh, developing skills. And uh, <laughs> one of the things I, I said was how, um, oh, this might have been in the mixed group, but I was talking about how a lot of what men do is in well, pretty much everything is inspired by the feminine because mm -hmm. it's like the best yes. songs, the best like art. And a lot of it becomes phallic, like the tallest skyscrapers and then guys, you know, name them after women and stuff. And it's like, if, if there was no women around, we'd pretty much, we wouldn't be building ornate structures. We'd probably just be building whatever the simplest thing is that can keep us from getting wet. And the rest of the time we'll just be like, fucking wrestling and telling jokes and shit and then maybe going fit like we're not going to do the same things because it's not in spot like it's not this uh you know that that's the that that unseen element is our greatest food it's like it's not it's not like even when a woman provides food for example the love she's put into it it's not the steak or the whatever it's like it's this essence that's unseen that is infused in that like that yes. feeds us more than more than anything else and it's in gestures, it's in the way they'll look at you or it's the way they'll smile. Just smallest, most subtle things can just like give a man 10 hours of energy to go build a house outside or something. But when without she's a, a doubt. bitch, without a doubt, when she's a bitch, it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. And so it's like, so in just in the providing and protecting, can we just talk about that for a sec? Because, uh, some that's been bred out of people because there's this element of it was bred out of me for at least until five or six years ago i was in that thing of like 
inherently I feel it, but then it's like, no, no, women provide for themselves these days. And, and it's kind of like, what's, what's the role really? I was, I didn't have that very strong uh, persuasion that I do now, but I say six, seven years ago, it was different then. And, uh, and so there's this element of not spoiling people because in order for, for you to do that, she has to, to um, play her role. She can't be like, sort of taking from that but then over here she's doing all this masculine stuff and kind of subverting the things that you're doing and whatever it has to be like this reciprocal uh yes. you know uh cycle so yeah like in the way that we've been confused a bit where guys are like i don't know should i hold a door open for a woman is someone going to yell at me for that is that going to be like you know am i going to be called what you know like people just get confused in general in society until they start to get a good sense of self and then they're just like doesn't matter what though like you like you'll call someone nigger in front of everyone and you just don't care it's like it's not a, it's not a spell anymore but for a lot of people men in particular they still are under those spells of what does providing and protecting mean and how do i actually do that in a way that doesn't just give away power or to um that's might not even be the right way to put it but uh you know yeah just in a way that just doesn't leak for example well the thing is and this is this is a like probably the biggest no, no to bring up, especially in relationship counseling is the reason why a lot of men don't have energy to protect or provide is because they haven't chosen, they haven't chose the right woman. They yep. get in, imp- they get impatient and they get lonely and they get lustful. And those things create very bad choices. And so people have to be really honest with, do I actually love this person? Because the fact of the matter is what in, in life, if there's love, there's enough energy for what is needed. No matter what, that's an axiom. I'll call that Gardner's axiom. If there's love, there's enough energy for whatever is needed. It's, it's just the truth. But yeah. there's so many people that I have relationship counseling for where there's not love. There's, it's just convenience. And I, my counsel will be like, you guys are wasting each other's time. Like you're, you're wasting each other's time. You're just masturbating off of one another. You're not actually making love. You're not actually with this person. You actually don't really want to know them. And man, I've lost, <laughs> I've lost a lot of money telling couples that, but I mean, a hundred percent, dude, when that's felt it's been, that's been the truth. Mm-hmm. They are wasting each other's time. They're just that, that, that person is a space filler. Yep. And so when there is enough energy in the system, that's how you know that there's love. And that's how you know that there's a heterosexual dynamic that will actually lead to fruit, good fruit. If there isn't that, then you might as well just walk away now. Because the truth of the matter is, I I was never around in the in the in the world of like all these dating app applications and stuff. And like, uh, what's the one where people swipe left and right, and there's just random sex? Yeah, yeah, all that type of stuff. But I've 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 had to deal with people that have gone through that. And especially women that do that. And this is another thing I tell all my female clients is like, don't give up the goat. Like, do not have random sex. 
Because every time you have random sex with somebody, you diminish your polarity. Because mm-hmm. women, no, no matter what, women absorb the polarity that they're interfacing with. Yep. Men, not so much. Yep. And so every time you diminish your polarity, you become less attractive. Because going back to the muse archetype, going back to that unseen negative pole, it literally is like if you start, you know, putting notches on the bedpost, it's seen. You're a known quantity. Definitely. And, and, and that polarity isn't there to draw in the right man. And that's why people, so for example, it's a natural thing for men to, no, it's going to sound wrong. How am I going to put this? <laughs> The, the archetype or the story or the, the this thing of uh, the fantasy of man is to is to have a virgin, like he wants a virgin to, to be his woman. He doesn't necessarily want like what that, you know, but what it's representing is purity. And the yes, purity, yes. the purity goes the more a woman's uh, slept around. And then yes. she'll always people or society, like the people who get offended about gays, niggas and whatever else, they're like, well, Oh, you're just shaming a woman. You, you're just like dirty. You're a dirty old man. You just want some young, like as if like you'd, you've, you're a boy, you're a boy. And they just try to make it about like, it's a bad thing for a man to desire purity. Meanwhile, it's just because they can't undo the impurity that's, that's uh, happened as a result of just sleeping around through not knowing oneself. And it's like, I, I believe there's redemption though. I think a woman could sleep with hundreds of men, diminish her impurity, but then there's ways to redeem that. There's ways to build to uh to rectify but you still can't like there there's a massive uh dint in the uh in the purity of yeah like i said earlier there are outliers i mean i have met women that were like the the prostitutes of the oracle of delphi that like their whole point of being here was to sexually heal men and yeah but that's like one in a thousand like yeah. that's like maybe oh, less, even less, less than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But what I'm saying is in that, in that realm, because they are so fluid in that energetic body, they're not going to be, it's not even worth talking about because they're not within the dynamic of relationship mm. in the context of what we're talking about is relationship. Yeah. So yeah, there's always outliers on both sides. Yeah, like my, ex, my ex-wife used to say to a lot of people, you're like, oh, you know, I should, probably shouldn't say this, but she was like, she, she would be like, Topher should sleep with you <laughs> because then you would actually know what a loving man feels like. You would know what that energetic body is, not this lustful, I'm just going to masturbate on you because- the truth of the matter is, Tom, most people don't even know what lovemaking is. Yeah. They're literally just masturbating with a blow-up biological doll, both men and women. Mm-hmm. And actually, the most damage I've ever seen with women was it wasn't with women that had had tons of male partners. It was women that played with lots of toys, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Those women were like remote like as remote yeah definitely and and that's very hard to come back from that because the the trauma that they had where they don't feel good enough to actually receive 
a strong male's attention brings them into this field, this condensed field of energy where it becomes very much like the gays have it, where it's all about titillation. Yeah. Well, it's funny, two things there. One is uh, how, again, going back to societal, you know, uh, kind of taboo or whatever, like oppressing women and blah, 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 is that a lot of guys, if they are in their uh, essence like that, uh, they tend to prefer younger women. And it's not because they fantasize about like, uh, you know, in the way that that can be very, uh, you know, not of God, but uh, but it's because the the purity is still there. They haven't they haven't lost all of that. Um, they haven't lost that element that a guy who's in his kind of more pure state will actually be looking for. And it's not the fact that she's younger biologically, uh, sorry, chronologically. It's the biological thing like you were talking about earlier. And then the other part that you said earlier is about the fear that came up when you would, um, can you please or satisfy that level of beauty? Um, I've experienced that too, where it's uh, what I would do as a result was dominate her uh, in lovemaking. So rather than be in lovemaking, I would like be a stallion because that was my way of like, that's how I can please her. I'm like, look how you know feel my masculinity and fucking strap yourself in and hopefully you'll be all right at the end of it sort of thing that was kind of like the way that she she could be in a sweaty like oh my god i've never been like that and it's kind of like and then i'm like yes i've I've, i didn't i didn't fail but then when i actually got into actual love making it was a whole different thing and it's like that's when I realized even in those moments where I thought I was really polarizing her, like that's the essence of a man is like dominating a woman like that. That was nothing. That was still the masturbatory uh, spectrum. But, and lovemaking was something completely different. And actually my last partner said that too. She was like, I wish she was talking about some of the other guys she's been with. She's like, I wish they could know what it's like to actually have that because they're in that porn slash uh, whatever loop of the way they interact with women. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in totally, total agreement with you. There's a really cool thing. Cause I had, I had actually like indirectly got into, as I guess you would call it uh, ejaculate control mm-hmm. as a young man, because I was with a woman I didn't love. Um, but she was a complete hottie and she really wanted to have my babies. And so we were having quite a bit of sex and I didn't trust her. Like, cause I felt one time we were making love and I felt though her orgasm was a completely different type of orgasm. And I literally felt energetically like my whole body was being sucked into her. And it was like, I didn't have any control. And then I was so inquisitive afterwards. I was like, what, what, what just, ha- how did that happen? Like, have you been faking all the other orgasms? Like I wanted to know, you know, I think I was like 19 or 20 years old. And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, tell me what something was different. Cause we usually didn't have sex around her when she was ovulating, but this time we did. And she's like, yeah, I'm ovulating. And I'm like, oh my God, your body 
that that was that energetic signature was your body wanting to make a baby. That's what that was. Dude, I told a couple of my older friends about it. I like within a couple of weeks, I got the book, you know, the multi, the multi-orgasmic man. And I studied, I put her like on, on lock. I'm like, nope, we're not having sex. We're not doing anything because I was convinced that she was going to have my child. And I didn't want that at all. So, cause I didn't love her. I mean, I hate to say it like I'm kind of a schmuck, but it's just the truth. I did, I did not have love for her. I didn't have the extra energy for child. And I, at least I had enough self-worth and self-consciousness to know that about myself with her. And I was honest with her. I ended up telling her very shortly after, I'm like, we're not, we're not, this isn't going to work. Like I'm, I'm going a different direction, but what that did for me energetically was like when I went into massage therapy school and I was learning at the same time I was taking Qigong courses. And so I could feel like with the flow of energy, like with the, 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 even like just doing this, I can feel the polarity of the right relative to the left. Like there's a very different polarity. And so in a very innocent way, massage was like this incredible way that I could feel the quote unquote, let's just call it very alive energy without the need for ejaculation. So for a very long time, I didn't associate pleasure with ejaculation because actually in my, in my earlier like sexual career, there were so many women that I was with in so many situations because there was no love. It was just like intense lust that it was all this huge rush in the way a rush feels to my system. It feels like tension. And so moving away from this rushed, like tension, get off. Like that was so like passe and moving into this energy of like being with people and like, the, when you're with, when like my average massage now is an hour and a half long, you know, how, how often does anybody touch anybody for an hour and a half? You know what I'm saying? Let alone, let's say being made love to like, that's almost a, that's like a, a nothing burger for most people. Like most people, their lovemaking sensions are the, the tension release, tension release, tension release. So my whole phenomenology shifted when I felt that energetic pattern when I was a young man and I was like, oh, and then I was like, wait a minute, like in meditation, actually feeling the joy of the love, like feeling the shashumna coming down into the heart and actually feeling love. I ended up being with, with, I've only had like really monogamous partners since then. And the joy of it is like, it's the exact opposite of pornography. Like in pornography, you know, everything's hairless and it, you know, there's just fluids going everywhere. <laughs> this is like the exact opposite. This is just like, it's just this like incredible energetic. It's like, there's hardly any movement at all but the internal loop current that is occurring is so profound. Mm. 
like sometimes I feel like it's like this cycling of lifetimes. Like it's just this like really, it's a, it's a much more joyous experience than what, let's just say the friction based, you know, ma- masturbatory thing that most people are being conditioned towards. Definitely. I was just laughing because you, you spoke about your, your sex life or your lovemaking. You said the word career. It's like, that was your, like, I'm like yeah. yeah, I was a football player. I was like a sex dude. I was, then I was a builder. It's like your career. Well, it was really kind of funny, dude, because in, in all honesty, I only played football to get late. Like I got into football because I had a coach that said, Hey, you, you do well at this. You're going to get your, your pick of the litter. And he was right. But it was by, by the time I was a senior in college and I had the pick of the litter, I was so exhausted by that framework. Like I was just exhausted by it. It's like, so what? Like if there's no love there, there's really like, it's just, you know, what's going on? Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It's a good age to figure that out. It's funny too, when you were saying about, cause I, I do a lot of uh, work with the, the hands and that too. And I love to feel, is that mine or yours? That's yours. Is it? Oh, I could. I don't know why they were doing that. I just had this memory of uh, when I was younger. I'm also a bit autistic and whatever, and I don't know like which parts which, but um, I was very, very sensitive. And I would have to, if I'm walking along the pavement, like the footpath, and there's the joins every 600 mil or meter or whatever, uh, I couldn't do it with the same foot too many times. I'd have to like adjust my footing so the other foot would, because I could feel the cracks. And I used to experiment with walking with my eyes shut and I could feel the cracks even with my eyes shut. And I think there's a very, uh, I think it was polarity based in the grounding or something, but it was, uh, yeah, I had heaps of weird things with, I have to like, things I could feel around me or have to use a certain hand or a certain foot. <laughs> Some yes. of it's just from being a bit retarded, but uh, <laughs> it is a polarity thing. So then we was talking about the, um, we're talking about this element of, you know, providing and protecting. And it's interesting because, in the world that we live in now, that kind of is a different, that's a whole different kettle of fish to what it was say a hundred years ago. So in today's world, in this 11th house that we're in and whatever else, I'm just trying to sound smart now with 11th houses and that. Uh, what, what does that look like? Do you think it really is the same and it never changes? It's like a roof, food, love, and you know, clothing and just, and some fun or whatever or uh does it look like something different like are we evolving consciously or whatever in so far as what does it mean to provide and protect as a man in this world today no you because you're in the 11th house you also have to protect the mind because of the the whole notion of the the communal the negative pole absorbs the let's just call it the consensus and so black magic, I was always trying to reverse the polarity because black magic lies about what the consensus is to get the consensus to be generated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the polls say this, you know, it's all horseshit. So what the, the, the way a, a true male can protect their, their feminine counterpart is, is really 
explaining to them this dynamic that they're in a predatory environment. Now that sounds like that that's scary and that's bad and that's terrible, but it's actually the truth. And that's the thing is in, in reality, when you speak the truth, you are empowered. And so, you know, a lot of the men that are lying to women that talk about pussy power and, you know, do this, that, and the other, and explore your vices and all that, they're lying to the women. So inherently they have no power, you know, in women, the feminine polarity does like power. The feminine polarity does really appreciate a, a powerful man is because a powerful man has the capacity to protect. Mm -hmm. And by telling the truth to them, you're, you're actually, you're saying, Hey, look, this is the reality of it. You're to age 28, 29, 30, your, your vagina has given you this amount, much sexual capital and the entire world has bent to you to get that sexual capital. From this point on, it goes the other direction. And because you spend the most, because every man works for his woman, you have every single social conditioning thing in the world trying to lie to you and convince you to do something that's against your best interests. Because the more you're separated from self, the more you're going to spend. And when you can be eloquent, because this is what the feminine polarity teaches man. Because a lot of, I meet a lot of young men that, and I used to do it. I have to admit, I was the same way. It might just be a, a, a immaturity thing, but we try and, and beat the women with like the club of truth. And that, that's not what the feminine polarity is. Remember the real feminine polarity is the muse. You come to her with gifts and you show her that she's worthy and then she inspires you. It's a waiting game. It's not this, you know, this whole thing. And so the, to protect the woman, you, one, she has to invite you in to protect. And then once you build credibility with her, where she can actually see that you're such and such, like you have such social capital, you have this capital, this capital, then okay, now this person is actually worthy to speak to or worthy to listen to is the best way of saying it. So what I'm always telling young men is don't, don't ever try and coach anyone else up until you got your shit together. Like you really got to make sure, it's like what you teach with the law. You know, don't try and like go and go to some local magistrate and flex on them <laughs> unless you really are that, you know, like um, unless, unless you are that, like you, you're lying, you're, you're lying and you don't have any power when you're lying. You can do the fake it till you make it thing, but eh, when you're actually dealing with people that actually have power, have capacity and by power, I mean capacity. They can, they sniff out who the fakers are. They know. And they'll sniff you out. They'll, 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 they'll work you. And so women are the ultimate at that. <laughs> Especially any woman that's like of, of highly attractive yeah. means. Yeah. You know, woman, yeah. 
yeah, they know who's full of shit. Yeah. Like they, there's like, mm, no. So the, the ability to protect the feminine polarity has a lot to do with eloquence. And I know a lot of young men hate hearing that, but eloquence is the capacity where you can communicate a thought, not only simply, but beautifully because beauty begets beauty. And when they feel that and they absorb that, oh man, they open up and then they provide you the inspiration that's needed. Absolutely. And when, when it's not done like that, they close off and you're just like, this isn't going to work and whatever. Cause like, I was, I was like that too. Like when, yeah, which is a beautiful thing that they, it's, it's almost this thing where like, I, th I think women in whatever way consciousness chooses, it's like, it's a, the beauty is a burden, like coming into this world to in the in the body that you're in and the the what you and and needing a man to really uh provide that framework for you to be in the in the essence is really difficult that's a real exercise in trust because part of that is knowing that you're going to be abused more often than not you're going to be abused uh and get some bruises not physical per se but uh bruises like internally uh while your man is just fucking figures himself out because i've mm -hmm. done that plenty of times with the best intention and like, you know, wanting to help her see through what's fucking with her mind, but doing it in a way that was absolutely not beautiful. And therefore the beauty didn't come out of them. Like I saw it firsthand and I saw that change when, you know, as you described, I saw it change when that happened. And it's a big thing. It's a, it's such a gift for men to be able to move into that because it's a way that we don't have to keep, finding certain elements of ourselves uh, in those interactions for one. And then that spills over into all other aspects of life to the point where it becomes like, yeah, my, not that I'm like way down that path yet, but I've definitely passed that um, brutalizing somebody, a woman with, with uh, truth when her mind isn't quite there. Cause what most guys do, it's the societal meme is that women are irrational and retarded and just all that sort of stuff. And, and men, as men, we laugh at those memes because it's like it's it's somewhat in context true, but that's in relation to the way men are treating them. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's yes. like, yeah. I, I can completely concur. Like women act crazy because they, they're on, they're, they inherently know that they're not safe. Exactly. And that and that's something that a man cannot understand. Even if you're like the biggest Ira in the world, <laughs> like you will never understand what it what it feels like from a vulnerability perspective of a young, beautiful woman that's petite. You know, I'm not talking about like some Amazonian Wonder Woman. I'm talking about a petite woman she is the most predated thing on the planet and men don't understand what that means neither do women who drive subarus and have buzz cuts and <laughs> yeah cuts and shit they don't know they don't know what no no, no the reason why they're pear-shaped is because internally they still have that little that little girl within them that is that like mm. they don't they just don't understand that yeah but it's, it's true. You know what? The other part about that too is that, um, oh, fuck, I forgot. Keep going. I'll remember. <laughs> yeah, because the, the predation thing is like 
you know, no matter how hot of a man you are, you're even if you're being pursued by like the ultimate succubus woman, you're not really being pursued because energetically your energy is still going out. And this is, I think God put me in massage therapy so I could actually fully understand this dynamic of energetics is because if you have a healthy heterosexual woman, the energy is going in, it is going in. You have a healthy heterosexual male, the energy is going out. You could role play, you could do all these things. You could really bond with a sister or a mother or a girlfriend and be like, I really feel them. You don't. Sorry, because energetically you chose to incarnate to emanate. That's mm -hmm. what the male does. He emanates. The female, uh-uh. They're <laughs> energetically, they are in constant bombardment. And that's just on that too. That's where I've made the mistake as well in getting angry with women because uh, they've just like becoming not cool. And but what it is is inherently unconsciously she's beginning to feel unsafe because of what i'm doing i'm yes, doing yeah. or acting in a way now she doesn't even know why she's doing it but she's shit testing you and then if you get angry at her for that and try to brutalize truth into her as you were saying before that's not gonna go that way because if you're actually in your masculine properly and being that provider and protector in all the ways that that occurs she doesn't she is gonna be beautiful majority yes. of the time and not because otherwise they're shit testing you because they're, they're actually unsafe in the moment so it's it's yeah. super important especially for younger guys to hear stuff like this i think i didn't hear this stuff when i was younger no neither did i neither did i it took many many years of actually hands-on experience to understand that do you reckon it's meant to be that way or do you think we were meant to learn that younger because I don't think we were supposed to go as long as we did without knowing that and learning it just from our experience. It's almost like without wisdom and elders and rites of passage and that, I think we probably missed out on, on a lot of that. I think it's meant to be that way as in so far as God's plan. But ideally, you probably want to learn that as at least a concept earlier in life. I think it's natural and we're just living in such an unnatural world right now. Like I've been talking to... I, I live in a community where there's hundreds of little kids going from, you know, my daughter's age all the way up to, you know, 13, 14 years old. And talking to all the parents is very, very obvious. And it's things that I felt as a little, as a young being also. Like, I don't know what it was like in Australia, but there's all these accounts in the United States, like the founding of this country, like people were married at like 12 and 13 years old. Like you were a full on adult, like full on by the time you were like 13 or 14 years old. And I think that's what's natural. Like the, I, I know for a fact, at least in the United States, that there's been this infantilization of human to, to keep the, the whole schooling and programming system really entrenched and let that, that albatross grow. But the way the system really works is like, you know, is like 
when you come into sexual maturity as an, as I don't even know what the correct term is as a young teenager, like you should be like procreating, like you should be in that mental, you, the way it's so beautiful. These, these homesteading families I'm around now, they say to their kids, cause their kids are like, well, when can I start a family? And the, this is such a great response. The parents go, well, when you can actually, you know, provide for your children is when you can start a family. And to the girls, that's cooking, cleaning, you know, gardening, you know, and to the, to the, to the boys, that's like providing for your, for your kids, protecting your kids, being able to build X, Y, and Z, right? It's so simple. And when I, when I see these seven and eight year olds hear that, it's like, oh, it's automatic. It's not even like a, and so they're with their fathers learning how to build things or they're with their mothers learning how to bake and cook. And it's just like, it's like little house on the prairie. It's this beautiful thing. And I think that is what's natural. I don't think we're meant to like, now, obviously like people like you and I, who are conditioned like shit, we had to decondition. You know what I'm saying? But let's say you're in a small little bubble where people haven't been uh, mishandled or, or conditioned by, by just utter grotesqueness. I think it's very natural for people to pair bond at a young age, to have children at a young age. Because also, I'll just be, I'll admit it to people. Massaging a 25-year-old body relative to massaging a 45-year-old body they're not the same. It's a, to have women wait longer and longer and longer to have children is just the most asinine thing in the world. That in and of itself guarantees not that much reproduction. And that's why we see all these, these numbers falling off a cliff, especially with white people. Yep. So, but when you, when you see these young people, they could have, a bunch of kids when they're young. Like I know here in Central America, it wasn't a big deal for 14 and 15 year olds to have kids just a couple of generations back. So I literally have employees that have like 12 brothers and sisters and that's the norm. And when you look, when I, I know their grand, I know their mother, their mother's healthy and happy. And I think it was incredible. There was a, a study that came out with if uh, women that have four or more children never get breast cancer. Wow. <laughs> Ever heard that? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. There's all these studies of women in psychology. The more children they have, the absolutely more stable and base they are. The less children they have, the more neurotic they are. Oh, I see that everywhere. Yeah. And to the point where I think it's a test because some women of couples have a first kid and it's like horrendous for them. And they're like, that's it never again. And I've always been like, I reckon if you just got some more going, like it'd just yeah, exactly. itself out. <laughs> exactly. And then I, I've also seen the, the contrast to that where I've seen women choose poorly, men and women choose poorly. There wasn't love there. There was yep. a mistake, <laughs> let's say a happy accident and because their conditioning around them is still so grotesque, they have it in their mind that the grass is greener somewhere else. And then they never fully commit and submit to the relationship that they're in. And the whole thing just turns to shit. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> There's that as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's, this has been this has been a good chat. I've really enjoyed this. There's like I've been picking up a lot of new insights as well. So I appreciate that. Is there anything else you wanted to like just uh, mention or chat about before we end for today? No, man. I I <laughs> I, I did a podcast earlier today, and we got into relationships also. So. Sure. This seems to be in the air, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is because I've noticed when I've put clips on Instagram, shorter ones and that, the most engagement comes from when I've been talking about masculine, feminine uh, dynamics and whatever. So it's yes. kind of, yeah, I just, I just think it's there. It's it's in, I think it's natural that it's come out more because co- the whole COVID period showed up a big imbalance there through masculine, feminine dynamics, men, women, roles and whatever. And so now it's kind of like a good, as that was a gift and an opportunity for people to start really figuring that out now if they haven't already. So uh, whether they're in partnerships or have families or not, I think it's been a good, uh, a good thing. Actually, I, I did want to ask you, I forgot during the chat. It's, um, so when you said you've only been monogamous really in the last couple of relationships or more recently, did, were you into the polyamory lifestyle uh, prior to that? And is that because you were also in those spiritual circles where it's kind of like, that's quite common. No, no. I've always been a monogamous person in general, just because I had a, I had a menage a trois in college and I found it to be very tiring. <laughs> I, I found it like to be like exciting and like, it was cool. Cause it was a fantasy. It's like, you know, I had the stripper fantasy when I was a young man, I completed that. And then I had the menage a trois fantasy and I completed that. And I was like, ah, no, well, you know, interfacing with one is good enough. Mm. And I never considered myself to be like a hyper testosterone guy. You know, I'd been around a lot of guys that were just like, they were literally like, I mean, I always love women, but I love women that like, I really can just look at a woman and appreciate her beauty. But I was around men that like wanted to like get in there, you know, all the time. And so I was never that guy where I needed that much interaction. I was just, when I was at the peak of my football powers, I just had so many options. And so you know, I was at the peak of my looks, the peak of like my physical, my quote unquote physical prowess to that point. And it was just like, oh, this is what you do when you are, when you are at this stage in the game. I was just kind of following a script. It wasn't actually who I was. And so I was only in that world of that, that type of like having multiple girlfriends for like a year. And it was so exhausting. Cause I was too much of an empath cause I could feel each one of the women being mad that I was with another woman, mm. even though I had communicated like, Hey, this is open and whatever. I could still feel the energetic draw on me of being like, well, I'm better than that bitch. You know, that whole thing. And I was like, this isn't worth it. Like <laughs> I could just like be alone and like totally be fine. And yeah. And I didn't need that input per se. And so, yeah, it's, it was one of those things that I think because of my programming, I saw a lot of pornography when I was a young man, it was just like, it was a program. And 
once I got into yoga and meditation, all that dropped away. It became much more in all the, let's just say the spiritual circles I was in, like everybody was either in a monogamous relationship or alone. Like there was no, there wasn't any polyamory. Yeah, right. That that must be more of the like Osho ashram kind of uh, people that were all into the polyamory um, side of things. Well, I had been exposed to a couple ashrams that were into polyamory and it was all these old people that were trying to feast on young people. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I could feel that energy. I could feel these old hags that are like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you're gross. Get away from me. <laughs> like, no way. So... Yeah, true. It's always the older guys that are as well that are, oh, I mean, there's younger guys around here that are like Byron Bay where I am. That's it's very popular, the whole polyamory thing. And everyone's got their idea of what love is and how it, all that. Other, yeah. But none of them are happy and they all do a lot of drugs and that as well. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. And that's another I thing too, is I've, I've worked these retreats where these retreats are all polyamory. I mean, I've been invited into so many of those circles, but I'm like, I've been massaging you for three years. You're a fucking wreck for a reason. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't dangle any like carrot in front of me and have that be enticing because I know you. Like I know you better than you know you. <laughs> so, ooh, I'm having another rave. I'm having another party. I'm like, how many... Like a real adult, that's what I'm saying is like the world we live in isn't real because real adults, like how many parties do you have to go to, to know that you're done with parties? Like how many times do you have to do something before you know you're done with it? Like so many of these people are caught in these loops where they're just playing the same thing over thinking that they're going to get something new. It's retarded. They're, they're literally they're literally in a state of retardation and i can feel that in their bodies yeah i was in it too i was never actually polyamorous but i just didn't think that it was natural to be i thought it was a um i thought it was an indoctrine it was a doctrine like it was a religious doctrine and i was like oh it's not natural it doesn't look like nature has it in in um in itself and a man has an infinite capacity to to love I always used to give the example of like, if you have a kid and you love it to death, if you have another kid or two, do you love the first one less? It's like, you know, the example of a candle, a candle loses nothing by lighting several other candles. It's always the same. It's just, it only increases. So I was like, I could literally have 10 wives and uh, love them all equally. Uh, and then also because I learned a lot of my holistic health through Paul Check. you know, Paul? I've heard that name. Yeah, well, he has two wives. He's he's quite famously openly um, polyamorous or whatever you want to call it. He has two wives that he's had for many years. They're all happy with the situation and whatever. But then he's also in with all those guys like Aubrey uh, Marcus, I think his name is. Yeah. The guy. And they're all like, they're always doing ayahuasca every weekend and they're all having orgies and shit. And they do weird things like their, their idea of trying to heal masculine wounds or to to diminish their ego is to watch their wife get fucked by the guy with the biggest dick in a nightclub to like to like try to dissolve ego sort of thing and i'm like that's a pretty weird way to go through they're all caught up in that thing 
So I was never caught up in that side of it, but because I looked up the Paul a lot and in nature, I couldn't see a, a few things to me added up to, I don't think, I don't think monogamy is natural. I think it's a doctrine, but it was only after I really connected back to myself properly that I was like, nah, it's like, it's uh there's nothing that can beat, like you said, there's nothing that can beat lovemaking. And when you have that with, if you tried to hold that with many other polarities, they just don't go together. It's just there's yeah. something that diminishes in that capacity. And, you know, so once again, going back to the circle with the dot in the middle and the woman being the dot and the man being the circle and you turn the line, the whole thing is the muse. You like to think that you can control who you fall in love with. I don't think that's so. <laughs> you fall in love with a, a woman. If she's really into like having other, like if that particular nodal point in this, in this fractal of a hologram is like, yeah, sure. You can have another wife and whatever and all that. And that can work out. Of course, there's that possibility out there. But for the majority of, of the realm, what I have found with women, especially in today's day and age, is that they are really shell-shocked by the lack of protection they've experienced. Yeah. Whether they got injected with vaccines as a child or later in life, whether they were raped whether they were subjected to pornography, whether they were masturbated upon, whether their father sexualized them just because he let his friends look at them weird. It's an ungodly amount of over-sexualized energy that has flowed towards the negative polarity. So those women, for the most part, have a very well-developed sense of insecurity. And I've only come across maybe two, like two, that don't have that. Like literally that could handle, that, that they could be the whore at the Oracle of Delphi and sit there and like be that energetic pattern and be completely okay with it and not coming from a traumatized state where they're reliving the trauma, but coming from that state of like, Oh, I see this is your wound. Let me show you the full loving feminine polarity and how that actually can encompass in a physical form. I've come across two knowingly and yeah. maybe more unknowingly. Yeah. From a marriage perspective, just the knowledge of marriage is like you're going to bring in another being. You're going to bring in other children. Like you're going to bring in new, new, new beings. Who knows? I mean, the Mormons did it forever where they had like multiple, you know, had an, you know, an alpha dog with multiple, you know, wives and stuff like that. I'm just like what I've been exposed to. That's not that's not really going to be a common occurrence in a healthy way. Mm. Yeah, man. It's pretty exciting though. What we're what we're like. You're lucky. You're in that. I've gone through. I've had to go. I think we all have different paths. You know, you talk about outliers. I think I'm one of those. Like my path's just a lot different from other people's. 
Uh, but that's that's on the horizon. But uh, yeah, anyway. yeah, I I have yet to look at your astrology, but like I have my sun, which is like you know the way you're mainly going to express in the in the house seventh house of long term relationships. Yeah. So right. my life my life is a partnership lifetime. Like that's that's something that's going to happen, you know. You could have somebody that has a son in the first house and it, you know, their life might not be a partnership lifetime, even though the seventh and the first are corollaries, but let's say like in the second house, it's all like, we're all so unique and we all have these energetic patterns that need to kind of play out due to the karma of the being. But overall, the actual physical incarnation that we're in is very similar. It plays out in a very similar way. Yeah. Love it, man. <laughs> Thanks for the awesome, chat. Awesome, brother. Always love it. Great. Well, uh, yeah, we'll chat again soon. We'll uh, pick another topic, but um, thanks for today. What's your What's your timeline? When do you think you're going to re start releasing this? Probably in like an hour once it um, down, once it does its thing. <laughs> do you mind? Do you mind if I put this on my channel? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I sent you the last one too. So yeah, like I put it up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like right after we recorded the last one, I basically just compressed it and then just uploaded it and then uh, sent it to you. So I'll I'll do it. I'll do it with this. Awesome. Too. Yeah. I don't know. So um, I'm sending everybody a Tom Barnett TV. Cool. Yeah. Whatever. I just I just put your uh, Telegram and your website too. So it's just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to see you, Tom. Yeah. You too. See you again soon. Alrighty. Bye bye. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Tom Barnett. Uh, it's always so much fun to talk with Tom. Our banter is wonderful. It's uh, fun to speak to somebody that has as much consciousness and has worked with people in a very similar way that I have. Because, you know, I always love to see the mirror. Like I, I love to have a little confirmation. And because some of what I've observed in the world it runs contrary to popular opinion. I find it gratifying to come across people that have had similar experiences. And so I know that I'm not too far afield, right? So this concludes the the first season of the Biocharisma podcast. Uh, we're, we're ending it on number 29. I think overall we have 33 different interviews. Ooh, 33. <laughs> uh, I'm getting new bumper music. We're doing a new, uh, we're going to just freshen everything up. That's probably the best way to say it for the next season and uh, doing many more in-person interviews. And uh, yeah, we're just going to roll with uh, how things have been going, been able to do some interviews with some excellent, excellent established people in the alternative information field. Uh, just was on with Robert Phoenix, is going to be on with Freeman Fly, um, going to be on the higher side chats, all these, all these excellent people on uh, Dr. Longo's show, on the one-on-one -on -one podcast, Emily Moyer's podcast. So there's tons of content for you guys out there. And I want to remind you that the, the purpose of the podcast is to hear from innovative people, their cosmology, so that I can formulate a very 
well-rounded worldview to be able to disseminate to my daughter and her peer group. I am uh, always looking for people to interview that I have ha- I've gained inspiration from. And hopefully with our conversations, you've gained inspiration to do what you need to do. So thank you for joining us. You can always support uh, me at topherhq.com slash donations. I always appreciate reciprocation. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of products coming to market very soon here. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep this, this ball to roll in. So thank you again for your eyes and ears. Uh, next season, by the way, I'm going to be doing a live stream. And the very first live stream I'm going to do is I'm going to thank all of my supporters. Um, I've had lots of support from you guys, and I'm going to name you out by, by person. <laughs> And uh, just thank you. And I'm going to answer questions to each one of the supporters. And we'll just do the very first live stream with that. And we'll go, we'll go with that. So what I'm planning is at least doing one, one uh, podcast a week, one live stream a week. And who's to say how many interviews I'll do for other people's shows, but uh, it's 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 all working out really well, and I highly appreciate you guys with uh, the chat. Check out the chat on Telegram. It's a BioCharisma chat, a BioCharisma podcast chat. Excuse me for that, and uh, look forward to seeing you there. I can't tell it.